welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America, an immigrant human library, where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States and around the world. Listen in as we add another story to our immigrant human library. So give us a window. I'm, I'm intrigued by the way may practice Christmas. How does that play out? In the Philippines, Christmas is celebrated starting the month of September. <laughs> they, they start putting up um, decorations inside the house and all the lights outside the house and all of the Christmas lanterns, they start uh, really decorating in September. Um, so that is that is kind of, I think, a uniqueness to the Filipino Christmas culture. Um, and then church and, and the Catholic faith is, is big, at least in my upbringing and, and even in the Filipino culture, very much um, a, a Roman Catholic uh, sort of background. And so going um, kind of the weeks leading up to Christmas, there's uh, 12 days leading up to Christmas and, and there's midnight um, masses that take place um, that if you can try to go to midnight mass to celebrate uh, the, the, the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, which is what Christmas is all about, that is a big thing um, in the Filipino Christmas culture. And then it, it's more than just listening to the sermons and the, the homilies of the 12 days leading up to Christmas in the midnight mass. More than anything, I think it's to go there for the food because usually there, there's food that's served after the midnight masses. Um, and, and it's usually a, a bowl of soup, a great nice uh, brothy soup, and then some some what looks like dim sum because we have some Chinese uh, colonization, you know, Chinese culture in our food and, and, and sort of dim sum and steamed buns or, or even we have this bread, this wonderful bread called pandesal, which is so great to eat once it's out of just the newly baked out of the oven. And, and so between the soup and the pandesal, Man, that is that is enough to motivate any any Filipino to want to go to midnight mass, you know, to to um, to eat this food. So there's there's that there's we like I said we celebrate very very early. We don't take down our celebrate there are our decorations for Christmas until um, until January, the first week of January, when we know the three kings. Again, a, a religious reference to uh, Catholic faith until the three kings have arrived and, and and now we can kind of take down the decorations but it is a a festive a festive time of year uh lots of mixing of religious traditions as well as um family traditions um so i hope that gives you a look in a, in a, in a window of, of kind of what i love about the filipino christmas celebrations Thank you for sharing that. I have never had that view, actually. I think myself, I've appreciated that, and I'm sure our listeners will too. I know, for example, to my exposure living in Mexico City for a couple of years there, they have this thing where they do like this cake and you try to find the king that's in the middle. Do you guys do something like that? Since I hear you mentioning the three kings and I'm like, is there some similarity there? Is that 
from the Spanish background or where does that come from? Cake, we don't have that tradition, but certainly the story about the three kings um, after Christmas, I think is a Spanish col colonization religious story for sure that um, that that is common. Um, but uh, but that sounds very, very interesting. Yeah, there, there's um, there's so many Filipino delicacies that only during Christmas time do people really flex their their recipes and their their culinary skills during Christmas time because that's when you know we're gonna eat a lot of great desserts, uh, great you know foods and and there's a lot of time spent in kitchens in the kitchen to um, to to enjoy the feast of of you know, the, the holiday celebration. Wow. Yes. It's very similar in the Caribbean as well. Till this day, I just, I have very fond memory of Christmas and I'm happy to say it's my daughter's favorite time of year. I get, I'm just filled with joy, unexplainable joy. And we get ready for the baking of the fruitcake and the certain uh, thing, the drinks that we have and the different types of food that we make only around that time of year. So I completely, in the island, actually, the, the sugar cane bloom, yes. you have different trees that bloom. You can tell that season of year oh, is I coming know. because nature actually announces it as well. It's very beautiful. We do a lot of lights. It's just, and, and then we do the, here I think they call it, um, ooh, I forgot the name of it now. You know, these little oh, sticks yeah, that yeah, you can light fruits. with a match and yeah, it actually the, gives the, starlight. Yes. I think we call it yes. starlight. The sparklers, we, we do that around Christmas time and it's just so fun for the kids. We used to do that and just run around and just have fun. And so I think our parents and our family just made, they, they gave us a lot of memories and I have very fond memories just of enjoying that time of year. You look forward to yes, Christmas time yes. coming. It's yeah. So I completely relate. So I wonder, a part of my realization, and as, as I've been talking with people and doing some research, is that when you come into the U.S. and you assimilate very quickly and then you lose your, your accent or, you know, you don't really quite seem like you're so much more of, you're not necessarily steeped into the Filipino culture in your case. Do you find, how do you guys balance the fact right. that when you go home, you might not be viewed as Filipino anymore? And then when you're here, it doesn't really matter how American you sound. Once someone is around you for any moment of time, they can sense that you're from another place. I don't know if it comes through our pores or what, or the way we express ourselves or our demeanor. Uh, somebody will say lately, someone said to me, well, you don't really quite have a very thick Jamaican accent anymore. But yet, whenever I go out, the first word out yes. of someone's mouth is, where are you from? They can tell that I'm not, I guess, natively or generically from here. So I imagine that that might be the case. I don't want to go as far as to say, to the extreme that it's an identity crisis for me, right? Uh, because certainly I was born in my motherland of, of the Philippines, and and um, and then I still visit. I, I we try to visit. Well, certainly during pandemic times we couldn't travel there, but now that the borders have opened up again, we try. We we always try to visit at least every other year. Uh, my mom has a nice place uh, in the provinces there that is just such a relaxing retreat from the craziness of, of 
day-to-day life here in America, but also the herb, it's, it's, it's away from the urban centers of the Philippines, but how we've really navigated around sort of the Filipinos in the Philippines saying, hey, you're no longer, you're not Filipino enough for us. Um, I think, I, I, I actually think that, you know, I, I can't hide it. I can't, I, I, I can't hide that if I don't know a Filipino word, I have to, I have to resort to saying it in English. Um, but, but I think, I think I celebrate the fact um, that, that, um, that I can still, that I can still comfortably get around um, the Philippines. Um, meanwhile, knowing that maybe behind my back, all these people are saying, gosh, she's really so American now. And, and here in America, and, and and I'll say when I'm in Montreal, where my my corporate office is for Yeebox, oh, I get the same thing, right? Where I don't speak French, Canadian, Quebecois. I'm learning it, but I, I'm I'm an American speaker, but now that's an American with a Filipino background, so it's even more complex there. But but really, I think that the way I've navigated it is to just lean in and 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 be proud of the fact that yes i'm different but my difference and my uniqueness is not a bad thing in fact it's it's what motivates me to want to learn uh, quebecois the french canadian language even more so that again back when i was six years old i don't have to stick out as much so i think this this is an individual sort of purpose or need or want, because I know so many people as well who don't think that they need to go through those lengths of trying to assimilate and, and uh, to to whatever corporate culture or, or environment that they're in. For me, I love learning new languages. I love being around other diverse people. And, and I, I think it's I think it's respectful. I mean, I think it's a respect thing. I want to learn what, you know, I want to learn what they see and how they see, how they view me as different. And it's more of a self-awareness. It's a self-awareness journey for me, quite honestly, Simone, that question. So um, no, I'm never going to be perfect, but at the same time, I'm never going to let it um affect me negatively because it is who I am and it is uh, where I am today. Right, right, right. Someone recently describes her new accent. For those of us who may be born in a different country, may have been born in a different country, then we move to another country, we learn another language or have studied languages. I think over time you develop a certain sort of, I don't know how the brain does it, but it depends on which environment I am. I have no idea what's coming out of my mouth. And so for her, she was telling me that she describes it as having a transatlantic sort of an accent because she doesn't quite sound like her native country or her adopted country. Sometimes it comes out depending on the emotional space that you might find yourself. If I'm upset or very happy, I find my Jamaican accent just comes out and it's just very thick. If I'm on the in-between, you can't really tell where to place me. And so she calls it a transatlantic accent. And as well, you know, we can, we're, we're really ideally like 
world's global citizens because we can really just float through any environment, appreciate whatever that environment brings to the table. I also heard a lady who's an expat traveling with her children uh, and that, you know, she asked how they were doing, you know, following uh, the, the spouse going, they've lived in Britain, they've lived in Taiwan, they're now in Singapore, they were born here in the U.S., and they say, well, you know, we don't really worry yes. about it. We just try to be happy wherever we are. And so yes. it's kind of like you become this third culture person that wherever you are, you just have to find joy and peace within that space. And so it's not a negative, but I do know that some people on the journey there of, the, of becoming more aware and, and valuing that space can struggle with the, uh, some identity issues of, you know, not being fully accepted in their birth country or in their adopted country. I would agree with that guest who said that third, third culture. That yeah. very interesting space, um, and so many people who are in the migration, participating in migration globally, can uh, can really relate to this conversation that we're having. So moving along, out of respect of your time, I just wanted to get a sense for any specific opportunities that might have come along that may be beneficial to another person listening that may have helped you, whether it's a scholarship or some sort of an opportunity or organization or whatever it might be that helped you on your journey to getting to your success. The biggest resource for me, again, uh, during, uh, I'll just think of that change in my college major, which was to me back then as a young, you know, um, college student and, and thinking all of my high school career, I was going to be a doctor and then realizing that that was not really the path for me. But the best resource for me was going to see my college counselor, my career and college counselor that was that had a building and had resources um, at UCLA. And it was it opened up my eyes to other other things I was good at. And, and, and I got a chance to look at take all of these different self assessments um, through that college and career center. Of, of what I was really kind of skilled at and what I really enjoyed. And, and then it, it kind of led me down this business economics path. Um, so I think the college and career counselors or just any kind of school counselor um, help and guidance was, was so um, critical to, to, for me um, kind of trying to navigate uh kind of changes and, and decision points in my life. Okay, awesome, awesome. And then like any scholarships or anything or opportunities as you were in the work world that kind of helped you move along or mentorship? There are, I, I, I have, um, could name many names, but uh, in, in of the mentors and the coaches that have got me through my career journey, um, I, I always encourage, especially nurturing uh, um, the professional and, and career uh, sort of portfolio, um, I, I think always look for a mentor, a, a coach that will talk to you about what you need to be doing in a role or in a, in the company, but also a mentor that can talk with you about where you want to go and then a sponsor 
uh, not necessarily a financial one, but look for a sponsor that can talk for you when you're not in the room. So a coach to talk to you about what, what you need to be doing, a mentor to talk with you about where you want to go and how to get there, and then a sponsor to talk uh, for you when you're not in the room. Um, so those, and, and, and in my life, I have those coaches, those mentors, and those sponsors that, um, that I've gone to to help elevate me to my next, you know, to my next path or my next initiative or my next goal in life, you know? So uh, that's what I would tell your, your, your audience is to look for those, those coaches, those mentors and, and those sponsors in their life. Yes. Very well said. Thank you so much. I've been hearing this idea of a sponsor lately and it makes so much sense as I look over my own career as well outside of this podcast. Um, that's very much needed when you're not in the room and, and needing someone to speak on your behalf as to your abilities or recommending you even yes. to the point of even recommending you for a role and then getting you the support that you need to, to be successful in that role. So very well said. For other Filipinos or other immigrants listening, any particular challenge that came along for you as you adjusted to the American culture and how did you deal with it and in, in uh, send, you know, sharing just any sort of actionable thing that someone may be able to take who might be struggling with any challenge that may have came along for you? Challenge, uh, it's more of a... I don't know if it's unique to America, but certainly this anti-Asian hate, uh, um, or you know, this with, with the pandemic and and um, COVID nineteen and the origins of it, and and all of this talk in our society and of our geopolitical, um, you know, uncertainties and geopolitical. Uh, issues that are arising, I'm very mindful of and, and still want to tell my fellow Filipinos living in America, as well as the broader Asian Pacific Islander community of, you know, this, this notion of people look at us and they, they see us as being quote unquote, Asian, they don't necessarily know what kind of Asian we are, but yet they determine because of, you know, other forces uh, in social media or headlines by certain news reports that Asians in America are causing a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, you know, issues and, and that we brought COVID-19 and that we're stealing jobs and all of this. So that I think is a current societal um, challenge and and to which you know I, I I ask myself how do I you know what shall I do about this within my own control how can I help alleviate this 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 really um, kind of uh, it, it's it's a challenging societal issue right where um, we have to have these 
these uh, deep conversations, honest conversations and, and educating the public about, listen, I'm, I'm not Chinese. I may look like I'm from China, but no, I'm from that part of the world. Yes. Asia, Southeast Asia, but please don't hate me because, or don't blame me for, for the COVID-19, you know, issues um, or, you know, we're in America. I do find that the Asian American Pacific Islander community is, as you put it earlier, this third culture that that we have to live in. We're not quite white Caucasian and we're not black African-Americans. And there there's, you know, in America, if you talk to anybody else outside of America, they think of the black and white experience. Well, there's this whole other rich culture that Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders and other non-white, non-black, you know, even Latino um, and, and Mexican and, and all the other um, cultures kind of, we fall in this middle ground and uh, we, we, you know, we're kind of navigating through those challenges of, uh, it, it reminds me of how my Middle Eastern friends, when 9-11 happened and they, they received a lot of backlash and hate because they were of that, you know, they, they, they were of that um, nationality, but yet we have to take those, these, these societal events um, that are, uh, that, that cause so much pain and, 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 and decouple that or, or, or not, not attach that to any one individual or any one person um, or any one uh, heritage or nationality, because I don't, I don't, I think that's unfair to just group us all in the, you know, you're the, you're, you know, um, we're the culprit of bringing COVID-19 to the U.S. or to, to the world uh, or for the, my Middle Eastern friends. They're the culprit of bringing, making 9-11 happen. So these are, I know it's kind of a heavy note to end a conversation on, Simone, but, but these are the things that would keep me up at night and thinking how I would teach my own kids about navigating a world where there is this um, there is this struggle, there is this ongoing um, societal issue of just judging people by how they look or how they talk or what they eat or what what their cultures are at home and assimilating that to the negative perceptions of of their their national background, you know? Right, right, right. No, it's quite complex. I'm trying to make sense of it. And that's part of the reason I start these conversations, because as I listen to everybody speak, I learn, I learn language to put the things that I may have experienced that I didn't understand what it was, and I didn't even have the words for it. I my my perspective is broader because I learned that other groups are experiencing the country a different way that I might not even be aware of. There is just so much broadening of my world, my perspective, my empathy. And so these conversations need to be had. And so that's why we've, I, I'm holding the space for us to talk about it because uh, immigrants and immigration has just become such a bad word. It just seemed to be stained. And I don't understand we're, we're a country of immigrants from the start, right? And we bring so much value and we're constantly bringing our effort or our um, excitement or energies to pour into this country. And so 
I just want to make sure that we highlight the successes and the value that we're adding every day to this country. And yes, that's, that's why we exist here. But I wanted to then kind of end it off by asking two things that that's on my mind. One, how do you take care of, like, plan for self-care with your very busy life? It sounds like you're a mother, you're a wife, you're you're a C-suite lady yes. and you're traveling to a, a, another country and working from home remotely. How do you plan for self-care? And then what what general advice might you want to leave with other immigrants who are either considering to come? Is this the place for them? They're new to the U.S. and navigating, trying to figure out how do I find my way to find resources whether it be financial advice about how to manage money, how to make it ahead and not to get caught up in impressing the Joneses with the expenses and the large living that everybody wants that's on TV. You know, whatever you'd like to leave us with today, I give you the space. As you said, I'm a very busy um, professional and, and uh, try to really prioritize, of course, family. I've got two um, preteen teenagers in the house, so that that poses new challenges in, in some of our dinner time conversations and our interaction in the house, which I'm, I'm totally... Um, uh, trying to navigate now, uh, but I think self-care, one of my, what I really, really try to stick to is my sleep health. I try to get at least six hours of sleep wherever I am, even if I'm traveling across the world or across the country to Canada, I, I make sure that on my schedule and on my calendar, and when I book those flights, that I get time to rest and rejuvenate after every day, six hours is my minimum of sleep. So sleep health is very, very important to me. I do need, I have gym memberships here and there, but I do need to get to it. Um, and then uh, just again, eating, trying to eat healthy, even while on the road. Um, a lot of my tr business travel requires uh, business meetings to take over, uh, to, to, to be over a meal, breakfast, time, lunchtime or dinner, business dinners and whatnot. And I try to be very um, mindful of choosing healthy options on the menu, right, uh, when I travel. So that's my self-care routine. Um, on the advice for, for new immigrants or immigrants looking to uh, pursue their American dream or America, you know, come to America for opportunities or anywhere in the world, you know, going from one place that they're comfortable with to a new place. I would just say the advice I would give is find your community, whether that be through a church community. That's usually, that's where my family found, um, you know, commonality was through our church community. Um, um, also, you know, other, other, you know, and, and, and we were fortunate to have relatives already living in this region, living in this area that then introduced us or connected us to, to other areas. But I realized that not everybody's going to have that luxury of having already uh, friends or family in the region that they can then share, you know, their, their experiences. But I would say, try to find, um, you know, the, those community members that can help guide you like a family member would, like a, like a, 
uh, old friend would in any new area. So that that would be my advice. And 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 lastly, I'll leave your audience with please. I'm I'm I would love to hear and and try to provide guidance where I can, or even just swap stories. I'm I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, my, that's my only social platform uh, these days is LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I do all of my business um, introductions and even personal introductions. So they can your guests can find me on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to talk with them or help guide them on their immigrant experience if if they want to use me as a guide. Very good, very good. I will need to find you on LinkedIn so we can connect. And I don't think we've connected right. as yet. I think someone referred you to me, but we'll need to link up there. But this has been an absolute pleasure. I, I love the energy that you brought to the interview. And I really think our guests will find your advice, your experience to be quite helpful and, and encouraging. I think this conversation is quite timeless, uh, but it will be timely as we celebrate the A Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And I think it's in May or June. You're right. Yes, one of the two. I have the folder saved. I just couldn't remember it right now. I think right. I know June is okay. Caribbean Heritage Month, so I think it is May. And April okay. is Arab American uh, Heritage. So this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for telling your story, your immigrant story, and adding it to our immigrant library. We thank you for your, your time and we wish you much success. Thank you so much, Simone. Thank you to your and your audience and thank you for what you do for for the for the world, for, for the global citizens of the world that we're a part of. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I wish you nothing but success. So take care, Simone. Have a great one. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye. You do the same. Talk soon. We thank our listeners around the world and we appreciate your continued support as we build our human library. Please remember to give us a five-star review, subscribe and share with your friends, family and circle of influence. <music>